This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Going Ultra. This episode, I am discussing, reviewing, analyzing, talking about Ultraman Z episode 18, man. Yeah. So, this is the Ultraman, the second time I'm watching Ultraman Z, because originally I watched the rerun, re-release on YouTube of the uh, subtitled version of it, and now there's a dubbed version of it, which I love. It's a great dub. It's really elevating uh, tokusatsu in my mind because it's making it more accessible to people who are lazy and don't want to read. You can show it to your kids, even though there's a hell every now and then, and there's a, please kill me! Uh, it's raising accessibility, and yeah, it's really interesting. So, I'm going to get right into it. I liked this episode a lot. Uh, it made me weirdly nostalgic, and I've never seen any of Ultra Q, and I only watched the one episode the one time last year. I think it was just one time. Um, you know, except for grabbing uh, images or whatever. But I felt oddly nostalgic watching it. Maybe because Haruki and uh, Kaori were having nostalgic feelings about the Ferris wheel and uh, riding on it in their childhood and such. It, it really struck a chord with me. I think something about her costume design, though, was very, I don't know, like evocative or sympathetic. Like, almost, maybe I've seen that character archetype, although if that's, was that how she originally looked in that episode? from 54 or 56, whatever, 57 years ago now, um, in Ultra Q, I don't know if that's how the character looked or if that's just, if it, she's like a throwback to then and it's a new actress, new character who blends into that story, who can be woven into that story. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But regardless, um, she looked like she was from the past and it was somewhere between a timeless look and a dated look because... I thought, oh, I could see, you know, I could expect to see a woman dressing like that. Maybe the hat's a little much. Um, but the whole ensemble, I don't know, it was red and it was, you know, I think it had primary colors. It was red and blue for sure. Like, she had blue leggings with red shoes and a red umbrella, red hat. Uh, but then her dress, I think it was red, blue, and yellow. So maybe the fact that it was all primary colors, like, made her feel more naturally accepted in my mind. I've heard this thing about color theory in designing characters. Like, a mascot character, you want to have red, blue, and yellow on them in order to make them more appealing and more... Uh, well, more appealing. People are more drawn to them. And I wonder if that's why. I don't know. It was very weird. Um, and like, I, did, uh, I, I, uh, it was funny. Somebody wasn't patient enough with me because I guess they're checking out my coverage of Ultraman Z and they went and found my, <laughs> my episode last from, you know, the, the Z days. They found episode, my episode 18 review and I took a look at it and it was funny. Some of the stuff that I thought while I was watching the episode to do screen grabs of, I did back then. <laughs> So her being like weirdly transparently naked sort of was weird to me then and it's weird to me now. And uh, it just seems like an odd choice. Like you didn't have to go that far. She could have been in a black turtleneck. She could have been in a white turtleneck. Like just, you know, I, I kind of get what they're going for. But the idea that her soul or whatever is, you know, it looks like that first of all. And that it appears in the limited way that it does. Like that doesn't really make sense. Her, the way... They had her like clawing her way out of the the kaiju, the I can't remember what it was called. Um Keurig? <laughs> the way she was pulling out of that Keurig, that was uh interesting. But anyway, uh it was a neat episode. Um, but it was just it was weird. Like it had uh like a nostalgic feeling, even though it's not really nostalgic to me. It had a like a quieter vibe. The music seemed different. I wonder if they were using either all Ultra Q music or just some cues that were from Ultra Q or what, but it definitely felt like it was of a different time. And 
had a very horror, very supernatural vibe. The room that they're in where she attacks Yoko that has all those uh, like tube TVs in it that are turned on to like staticky stations or uh, like blank screens or whatever that have that weird thing that when you try to take a picture of like a, a cheap monitor today or like a TV back in the day how it would have those like lines going up and down that the camera would capture but your eye wouldn't capture like there's all sorts of weird little things in, in the episode like that and even like uh, the shot that they did of her when she was between uh, of Kauri between herself and being controlled by the alien uh it felt like uh, Evil Dead. I wonder if I said that a couple of years ago when I talked about this. But it looked like... looked. I mean, it felt a little bit like Evil Dead. Not to the full extent, obviously. But that whole possession, being controlled by somebody else, this you know woman unhinged because you know this other thing is operating through her body. It all felt very much like that. And I thought that was super interesting. And like it was a very... It was an interesting shift in the tone for the episode. But you still have our softer hero in Haruki in it, which makes it, I think, even almost more interesting because it's not like you have... <laughs> this is like you have Takeshi Hongo in there who's going to slap that woman around and get her to relax and, you know, get the alien out of her. Not that he would do that, not that at the... Anyway, that's totally out of the blue. I don't know why that occurred to me. But just, like, I think a different protagonist would have reacted differently to her. Like, Shin Hayata, I don't think he would have acted like that. And I'm trying to think, there was a lady that he and the guys were with um, talking about this plant monster thing and I can't remember if she got attacked or not but just the way that they all dealt with her was interesting anyway I don't remember but that's okay uh, and I'm talking about from the original Ultraman so uh, anyway it's like episode 7 or 8 it's a, it's a cool one um, but yeah just I would think like an older like a Showa era hero would have reacted to this woman differently than Haruki did although they both would have saved her life and protected her like, I mean, now I'm thinking about, for some reason, Otelia Kerr and I, like, he might have gut-punched her and knocked her out to save her life or whatever, and then the alien still would have woken up anyway, which would have been kind of cool. Um, just because that's a neat concept. Oh, I'm going to save you by doing this. No, oh, no, I just triggered things and I made it worse. Uh, so, anyway. Gosh, I don't know. It was a really interesting episode, with, like I said, with the tone shifts, because, like, they're being all sweet and t nostalgic and talking about the past, and all of a sudden she's freaking out about aliens and monsters and asking to be killed, and, like, the terror that that gave Haruki was super interesting. And I love him, uh, I want to say blanching. I, I love him blanching. I love him freaking out, becoming paralyzed by the concept and the, the you know, issue in his face of this woman asking for him to kill her. And like even the way he tells Yoko about it. Um, again, I could have, I imagine an older Showa era Toku hero just saying, you know, something was wrong with that woman. She asked me to kill her. And then the lady being shocked by that, like Yoko was, you know, respectably and understandably, but the way he even couched it was interesting to me. So I don't know why I'm talking about like the tenor of Haruki as a, you know, modern, uh, I guess, Heisei era hero versus like the show. I guess because the Showa aspect of the show is here uh, with an Ultra Q reference being, you know, deeply involved with this. So that was interesting. Uh, I also thought it was kind of neat that they decided to do this anyway. I don't know why. I guess because it's called Challenge from the Year 2020, right? And this book or the show aired in 2020 originally, so that makes sense. But it's just, uh, I mean, they didn't have to do it. They could have left it alone and they didn't. And I think it made one of the more interesting episodes. And then like Haruki's soft heart causing him to hesitate again and uh, Zet having a little bit of a problem with that. Oh, also, I love the shot in Zet space when Haruki's about to transform and he's, I think it's, he's feeling uncertain already 
and Zet is standing behind him and he like turns around and uh, like Zet starts to turn around and I think Haruki turns around and then they're facing each other and they're talking and it was like it's such a cool simple shot it's interesting though because Zet is taller than or the suit is taller than Haruki's actor so I think he is I think he's taller so when he turns around definitely different body type but that's fine anyway when he turns around uh, like he was hidden it felt like an effect even though I don't think it was effect I think it was just blocking the way that they maybe he was you know s stooping or slightly standing down or Haruki was on a box or whatever but the way they did that it was really slick and really cool and I thought it was one of the neatest shots in the episode and the episode had a bunch of cool shots but then later when Haruki doesn't want to hurt Kaori when he's fighting alien Keurig <laughs> I don't know why they think it's so funny. I'm so dumb. Anyway, um, when Belly Rock appears and talks to them about hesitating and stuff, that seemed like a weird... That seemed weird. It felt weird. Um, but I didn't mind it overall. It's just, he's a funny guy. Because instead of saying, Hey, I bet it would be interesting to see if I could cut the two of them apart from each other and save her life for you, Haruki. He was, like, vague about what he was going to do. And... Uh, you know, said something along the lines of just point me at them and I'll do something or I'll fix it, make it better. I don't know. His line delivery, not his line delivery, the line delivery is fine from the voice actor, but the, the puppetry is way off. Um, but the, uh, why even have his mouth move like that? It should just open and close to chomp on stuff. It shouldn't open and close for puppet talking. It just doesn't work. Anyway, that's, that's my big complaint about the episode. Um, but anyway, it was kind of weird. I don't know. And I don't have, like, I like Haruki being soft. But the way it's being handled is sort of weird, and it feels a little bit off. Something feels a little bit off to me, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know why. Because, again, I like Haruki. I like his struggle. I like that deconstruction. I guess I just thought they would have been over it already. Like, why didn't Haruki take the initiative and say, you know, Belly Rock, I've got a challenge for you. Separate Kaori from Keurig. And Belly Rock would be like, hmm, interesting. I'm not sure I could do that. And then Haruki can... You know, or Haruki can do it, or Zet can jump in and like, yeah, uh, Belly Rock, I bet you can't do that. I mean, you know, you're not that sharp, are you? I know you're sharp, but you're not that sharp, are you? And that You would have to be ultra sharp to do that. And then Belly Rock could say, well, let's find out. And then they'd do it, and it would be cool. Like, if they dig in that angle, that would have been cooler. Like, I get in his civilian form with his gun when she's trying to jam it at her chest and get his hand off to pull the trigger with her thumb. Man, that was intense. I could see him freaking out there. And him being very cautious about pursuing the alien and stuff going forward. But just, I don't know, something about the way he dealt with it, I didn't like. I, I wish they would have taken a different tactic or a different approach to it. I think it would have been better. But anyway, I think I'm probably out of time for how much I want to spend on these episodes going forward. So let me just double check my recording real quick. And yeah, I'm about there. So uh, thanks for sticking around. Uh, I'm curious as to what you thought of this episode. Let me know. Uh, if you like it, if you didn't like it, if you agree with some of my issues that I had, or if you think I'm crazy and you think it was all golden, or you liked those things and thought everything I liked was terrible, let me know. I want to have a conversation about this and see what we're thinking about the show. I think we can both agree, though, at the end of the day, that this is a fantastic show, and this was a great episode of a great show. So, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess? <laughs> uh, anyway, that is all I have to say. Until next time, folks, take care. Be well. This is MJ signing out. A quick addendum before I let the uh, outro roll. Uh, look at the screen. If you're watching the video, look at the screen. If you're listening to the audio version of this, look at the uh, pod 
player, podcast player that you have, and I guess I'll throw it on mgmunios.com so you can see it too. I partly picked this image, the thumbnail image for the video version in the 9 by 16 or yeah, 9 by 16 with uh, Belly Rock, Zet, and uh, Haruki all looking towards the camera with Haruki has kind of a funny look on his face because it seemed to pair very well because the way I've been doing my square thumbnails now for the RSS feed uh, for the audio only show, uh, if you stack two 16 by 9s on top of each other, they make a square basically. Oh, it's almost a square. So it, there's a frame. Anyway, you don't matter. It doesn't you don't care about the technical parts of it, but I have all these images of Kari where she's like ripping herself out of the alien and she's kind of nakedish and she's, you know, holding the Ferris wheel and stuff. And I have them looking at her. I have the way the images are stacked. It looks like they're looking at her quizzically like, what are you doing, Kari? And I just thought that was kind of funny. And I wanted you to look at that. And I want to remind you that if you're subscribed to the audio podcast feed, you're going to get those episodes first and they'll have a fun thumbnail with them as well. And they'll quickly link to the uh, episode well the audio gets it first secretly so if you subscribe to that you'll get it with no show notes like kind of empty show notes if you wait a couple hours for the official episode to go up with show notes on the website then you can see it all there and then later after that the videos go up because they're my uh, lowest priority in terms of getting things published so now you know a little bit of my secret sauce to my podcasting uh, empire and uh, yeah you can check out that stuff so anyway bye I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.